friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast with your friends, Jamie and Mark. Well, that sounds so much better than what we normally do. I like oh, that. Oh, thanks. You know, you just, it works Hello, so much friends. better when you don't uh, rehearse it over and over in your head and you just kind of go for it. So, so like everything else I do in life. <laughs> oh. Does anybody else, when you have to order like Chinese food, do you like repeat the order in your head 20 times? Because I did last night when Mark and I decided uh, our pork chops looked kind of funky and we ordered some Chinese food and, yeah. you know, the phone's ringing and you're like, okay, um, beef lo mein, a pint, uh, crab ring Don't tell them your Chinese food order. That's like um, sacred I'm gonna knowledge. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell that's sacred house beef lo mein oh my god crab rangoons and some bourbon chicken we went a little bit out of the element with bourbon chicken no we just went out of the element because bourbon chicken's not what are we talking about hello this is is coffee and wrestling (laughs) a wrestling podcast not chinese food in mark's and jamie's life my name don't worry i'm jamie and i do have a cup of coffee here we still are just rocking the walmart blend so i figured that out i figured it out before we go any further nobody's ever given me shit about my coffee selections but i come from a world where I grew up in like the punk rock world. Like it was my thing. It was everything was best bang for your buck. There was no quality. There was only quantity. And I feel like that's like that's how I look at coffee. I'm looking at coffee not for the nuances and the particular tastes sure. and, the, and the flavors. And the, I need caffeine. I need caffeine flowing through my veins. Yeah, it's and more quantity spending, over quality. Yeah, why am I going to spend $35 <laughs> on a half a pound bag of coffee when I can spend $8 on a like a 50 pound bag of the world's worst coffee, but it's the same caffeine it's fine. content. I just need the caffeine. The caffeine's <laughs> what make me live. Well, talking about things that make us live, we are going to be talking about wrestling and uh I don't know what happened to me. Long story short, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast last week, but I seem to have taken quite a hard fall. I'm sitting here in a sling with a possible broken arm, maybe hand. I really don't know what the hell happened, but long story short, we were supposed to be at attending the live tapings of Ring of Honor. Unfortunately, couldn't make it, but that gave us the opportunity to be able to stay home. Um, have some special chocolate, you know, and watch Backlash, (laughs) which... I'm on an absolute high from yesterday still. I cannot believe how good that was. I was a little bit not looking forward to it. I I, got to be honest. I was a little bit like, eh. It was weird because yesterday, and we're not, we're already jumping the gun like we always do. We're going to get into AEW first, but a comment about, about, uh, I keep wanting to call it payback and it's not payback it's backlash it's backlash let's just simon miller it's backlash i'm doing terrible with it but <laughs> you were like like saturday it felt like the roles were reversed i was like the peppy one i was like yo let's i'm i'm excited for this i'm not really super stoked for a lot of the matches sure but i was excited for a wrestling pay-per-view it's like wwe <sighs> never doesn't really premium uh, live event whatever they don't really disappoint <laughs> Not for the most part. They don't. Occasionally they do. But for the most part, I was excited. I was like, okay, we've got seven matches in Puerto Rico. The first time WWE's put on a premium live event in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. I think, at all. Uh, they've got Bad Bunny, who's a huge star. They've got a bunch of other stars that are on the, on the card. Yeah, that, they have the wrestling talent there, you know, for sure. So I was excited. I was really was excited. And my ADD kicked in minute one because as soon as the bell rang... A bug flew by me, and I was off to the rafters. <laughs> but it was the exact opposite for you. You were not looking forward to it. I was glued. Like I don't know what happened. Feet all day about pay per view, and then the matches started. And I think the first match changed you completely. It sure did. But I don't want to get too far into it. I know. I've already got like that. Let's let's 
give AEW their credit here, okay? Because we like to we like to talk about all of the good things in wrestling, and of course, Backlash is going to be the main focus, and we're going to talk about the upcoming heavyweight tournament as well. Um, But we really want to give some love to AEW because there was a couple great things that did happen before we get too far into this backlash. So first of all, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one because you were the one well, that suggested we talk about it. We are on the build. We got swerved. We are on the build to double or nothing. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much all, what all of AEW was this week, short of one match, which we'll bring up. Uh, it's been just a bunch of matches setting up for double or nothing. We've got the four pillars match. We've got uh, Wardlow has been challenged by Luchasaurus. Uh, we've got Adam Cole and uh, Roger Jer- Jericho and Chris Jer- Crims Jericho, Chris yeah. Jericho with Roderick Strong debuting. Um, and we also have the Outsiders, which is Ruby Soho, uh, Soraya, and Soraya. Tony Storm. Soraya, <laughs> I'm going to get it wrong every time. Uh, they have this kind of like outsiders, like bad guy yeah. kind of view. Like they've been wronged and they've come into and came into this company to make it better, and they've been like pushed aside, and they're you know angry about it, and they wear all the all the things that sixteen year old Mark would have loved, um, and have been really kind of running amok and just kind of doing their thing. And they did that tonight. They had Ruby Soho, or th- this night they had Ruby Soho was taking on uh, Willow, former. It tag was Soraya. I'm sorry, on- Soraya. Willow. So to taking on Ruby Ho's former partner of Willow and really just eventually turned into what it always is. Just absolutely beat her down at yeah. the end of the match. And you you assumed everybody was going to come into the ring. You know, uh, they had Willow. She was going to get the green L. Mm-hmm. And now and all of this stemmed from... It didn't happen. Uh, when they were kind of like hanging out with Sheeta for a while and, and saying, you know, you're one of us. You know, these girls have been pushing you aside for the same reason they've been pushing us aside and then she just kind of disappeared for a little bit i heard she went back to japan back home for a little um but lo and behold she comes running out to willow's aid or at least we think and as she runs into the ring she kind of looks at with a kendo stick with with a kendo stick looks at willow like i'm gonna beat the shit out of you and then uh Britt baker and and our AEW women's championship champion Jamie Hader come running down because, of course, they don't want Willow to get their get her ass whooped, and she turns again. She pulled it. She if, if you remember Sting from Wolfpack era NWO, yeah, he did it was very thing. much that. He came out. And he's like, "Nah, I'm with them." And Hulk Hogan's like, "Holy shit! Oh my god! Yes, yes!" And then Hulk Hogan turns around and Sting rips the shirt off, and it's you know the other one, and he starts beating ass, and it's just it's so good. And <laughs> it I, was good. Jamie and I were on the edge of our seat. We're like, "What? She does turn and heal? Like, oh my god, this is." I'm not awesome. gonna lie. I was starting to geek hard. I was like, "Heal Sheeta! This so is gonna excited. be amazing!" So excited for a heal Sheeta. <laughs> And then I got even more excited because she turned around again and she's yeah. like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. It was good. It, it was, was good. So, it was probably the best night, best moment out of AEW this week. Yeah. And other that's than, not taken away them from the matches either. Other than the the hype for what's going to be a seriously pay-per-view quality dynamite this coming week. And we will talk about that at the end of the podcast. But, yes. Uh, the other highlight, and, and of course, I, this is going to take a few minutes we need to talk about the firm deletion match that happened on Rampage. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the rivalry between these guys, you're missing out. Unfortunately, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation uh, have been canceled. But there was a lot of back and forth between the firm, right. uh, mostly Ethan Page, but also um, Big Bill, Lee Moriarty, Stokely, definitely. And well, then now the Hardys, Isaiah, um, unfortunately, Mark Quinn, I believe, is still injured. I was going to say, all, and and all of this is stemming from AEW Dark and Elevation, where 
Uh, I, I don't remember exactly how, but Ethan Page was able to get the contract of Matt Hardy and Private Party. And by doing so, basically made him into his cronies and was forcing them to be, you know, his his little underlings. And Matt Hardy turns it into, you know, maybe this isn't that bad. And then turns into, I'm enthusiastic about this. And then turns into, I'm like, I'm about this. And it was all, and of course, everybody's looking at this like it's got to be a ruse. Like Matt Hardy's not stupid. Of course, because you, you see the you broken know, character really right. if you saw him transforming throughout this. Being the elite, he was the broken character. Yeah. Uh, I love the way they did it. They really took like a slow burn on it so it didn't just get It took months. It was probably like killed. nine months if you really look back yeah. at it. And it started on not your prime you know, programming right. it started on dark and dark elevation and a lot of social media too. really a lot of social media. But Matt Hardy's been if if Matt Hardy hasn't done anything for you in the past 15 years, then Matt Hardy will never do anything. for No, you. no. Because he's been able to take his character in numerous times. And I know he's got like V1, V2, the broken Matt. He's got all kinds of different personas and on an outsider's perspective you would look at this man and be like this guy's weird what do you mean you're broken matt hardy what they're do you mean nuts what do you mean they you're, are you're big money matt hardy you <laughs> right know? what do you there's what do you mean you're, there's a bunch of different he people he is the the like younger chris jericho and that perspective of it doesn't matter what company i go to it doesn't matter what gimmick i have i'm just gonna right. make it work i'm gonna make right. something else work from it something's gonna work and i'm gonna go with it whether i like it or not whether i love it or hate it he's gonna it. put it over right. and so he's been just slowly breaking throughout this entire thing which led to a hearty compound match so i've been just we've been buzzing going crazy they've right. done this before with private party and it was just fantastic they do it very cinematically um, they had like drones for the match. Well, the, if let, let's we got to set up the whole thing. Though. I'm not okay. I'm not a big. I, I was not a big Impact fan when he was there, so I wasn't there for the whole broken gimmick for a while. So I did. I don't remember everybody's name. I've seen the bits and pieces. I've seen the important parts. And he did. He had he had callbacks from his gardener. He had the drone. He had his wife and his kids. Uh, there was you know references to. The, there's the lake that they they ba- they baptize yeah, people the in that made brother, that or something made like brother that. narrow you know um, and of the course coffin. all of this I we didn't we also failed to, to mention that this is one of Jeff Hardy's like most the largest match he's been in since coming back after his unfortunate time away right. for what nine months or so right um, so all of this has been finally <laughs> building there's no words to even say like all of this no. has been building and they finally took it into the the artistic stylings of the cinematic uh, wrestling And I love when they do this. And this is how Rampage ended too. Right. And it, it, this is how all of this is how AEW's programming ending for the week. Yeah. This match. Yeah. And it was just, they actually came out with an extended version on Bleacher Report, which we just got done watching probably about an hour ago. Well worth the extra. It it really is. There's actually a lot more wrestling in the extended version than there was in what they had on TV. But oh my god, from beginning to end, if you're not, if you're looking for entertainment and wrestling, this is it. Oh I, yeah, I, you oh, and yeah. I were in smiles from ear to ear, both on the TV version and the extended version. Just so many good things to say. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Matt doesn't need a crowd. Oh yeah, there no. were so many moves where it's just you know Matt's just yelling delete in, in an open field because it all starts off. It, it basically broken Matt is on. Uh, a drone and like a projection and he talks about the the time space space continuum continuum. and there's like a like the it's daytime when they get there yeah it's like flashes and it's nighttime exactly one of those moments um 
uh, Men in Black, you know, where like the flash happens and you don't know what's going on and it's nighttime. Right. Everybody's freaking out and then it starts happening. But it just starts off with Matt Hardy just, like I said, entertaining himself. I, I, because there's commentary there's commentary you know Excalibur so is there and it, it there, sells be, it there were like four minutes of nobody saying anything and then Tony Schiavone would just say <laughs> oh Big Bill really got him there with a the boot like where did you come from um, can I'm we laughing go? the entire time and, and it, it was nice because you know they had a four on four but they had like Stokely Hathaway runs off and does yes. his own thing you have Big Bill Big and, Bill and, and Jeff. Jeff Hardy you had uh, Hook Hook and Lee Moriarty and Lee Moriarty did their own thing and Ethan and Page and Matt were doing their right. own thing. They kind of intersected, but they each in individually had their own like two to three minutes. Mm -hmm. And I, the one that stood Isaiah. out the best, <laughs> Isaiah. Oh my god! But the best one had to be Jeff and Big Bill. They had this. It I, I, the whole thing had very akin to like a B-rate horror movie. Yeah, it was like they were over by like the Evil Dead cabin. Yeah, and like Big having Bill a kicked fight. a giant hole in it. <laughs> um, whatever shack they have on their property has a new hole in it because Big Bill kicks a hole in it. <laughs> they wrestle to the ground. Jeff hits Big Bill with a stick. And I know like they have to like really push the limit here because there's no there's no microphones under the mat. There's no, no spring-loaded mats. There's no uh, loud, you know, right. nothing there's no to ropes. really make the noise except for these men. You can't really co even communicate because there's there's no noise uh -huh. in these woods. I couldn't imagine what the neighbors are, are thinking. Well, at this point, actually, now I think about it with Matt Hardy. I'm sure they're like, oh, Matt's at it again with yeah, his, oh, yeah. his wrestling in his yard. Um, so Big Bill and Jeff had to really push the envelope. I mean, everybody oh, did. Oh, man, they did. But These it, two sold it. So Big Bill hits the ground. He's on all fours, and Jeff goes off screen for a minute and comes back with a stick. It's probably about six, seven feet long, probably about three inches in diameter. Think of, like, the thickness of the end of a baseball bat. And just and I'm sure it was, it was probably, like, a dead branch-ish, but if you've ever played in the woods, you've always grabbed that one branch. Like, oh, yeah, this thing's fucking broken. And you smack it against a tree and it doesn't break. I was going to say, there was no give. He hits him with it. <laughs> and gimmick is you try to strike the ground on the other side first to make, the, you know, to make the loud noise and to take a lot of the momentum away. I don't think Big Bill is small enough to do that. <laughs> he straight snaps he this thing over, the, over his back. Yeah, he ate it. And then proceeds to choke him out with quite possibly the most soggy stick I've ever seen well, in my Jeff life. Jeff goes and runs over to like this baby branch of a tree, rips off two branches, throws the better stick, grabs the tiny puny stick, and chokes Big Bill out. Now, Big Bill... Got the neck the size got, of a cinder block. Yeah, but he is doing the sell of his life. Oh, eyes rolling I mean, in the back of his head. His tongue's hanging out of his mouth. The camera is A little bit of in spittle in the corner. <laughs> Uh, but in the, in the process of them shooting this, and it really was, it was an amazing shot. Bill was selling oh it. God. Jeff was selling it. He was yelling, fade, fade, like everything. <laughs> but in the midst of this, the stick breaks. And you see Jeff's hands just kind of collapse a little bit, and Bill's just still selling it. But he you grabs know, it. He grabs the stick harder, right, so he's like, so you can't see the break. Yeah, he's selling it. But it, and it's so good because these two are the performance of their life. And all I can think, me and Jamie are just giggling like schoolgirls, just knowing that these two are worrying about, oh my God, don't show the break. Don't show the break. And they finally, you know, Well, Jeff you throws, didn't even you didn't even mention the part where you hear Jeff go, ah shit. Oh yeah, he break <laughs> the minute the sticks break, you you hear under Jeff breath, ah shit. Just like but, oh no. But, but Big Bill 
uh, I almost said Cass. Big Bill, you know, he's he's tight on the on the stick, so he's trying to like make it taut, so it's really selling that it's like tight across his neck. And the whole time, I am oh, literally shit, man. tears are rolling down my eye, and I'm like, they they could have reshot that. They could, well, see, but they didn't. They that kept like that in there for the people. The shot too, so they Big have to, Bill they was selling it everything. too well. You can't resell that. The no. entire match was was the same caliber and. <laughs> Goofy wrestling for life. This was, it, yes. you've got to take a little bit of a grain of salt yeah. with this. It is a broken man in his own backyard <laughs> while his kids are doing swantons on yes. another man. Um, please let us have a moment for the, who I think was the MVP of this, Stokely Hathaway. Of course. Is the MVP of my heart. I, I love Stokely. He narrowly avoided what could have been the worst catastrophe on the Hardy compound, which was being ha- ran over by Maxis. <laughs> oh my God, that was so good. He pulled the... Uh, or Maxwell, I think is what his name was. He pulled the uh, Austin Powers where the guy's yeah. just yelling in front of the concrete <laughs> and they're like, move out of the way because they're only going like a half a mile an hour. Yeah, Stokely's having like uh, like visions of when he was walking down the halls in AEW and everybody was laughing at him. They're like going through his head as like the kids are like slowly driving like the, like the Barbie Corvette, like, you know. It was like a, a four-wheeler, <laughs> like, on, like a battery-powered one. <laughs> Great match. Absolutely loved it. Uh, uh, he does get attacked later. Stokely does yell, Tony Khan will pay for this. He'll pay for his crimes. Yeah, we'll pay for his crimes. So we'll have to see what uh, Stokely has planned there. But, but yeah, great way great way to end, the, end Rampage. Uh, the whole week of AEW, again, was just a giant buildup for Double or Nothing, which is coming up here in, I believe, two weeks. It is, but hold on. One more thing. you got to give credit to Matt Hardy for the stupidest line of the week. Oh. Orgasmic Isaiah. I knew you'd come. That's <laughs> so good. Right, I guess Isaiah's he entered like that. the the resurrection pool or whatever. Well, yeah, they call he's it. Been, he's been doing that that noise every time, and uh, yeah. They took like a drone shot of him up on like the top of a building, and he, he did, did a swanton. Swanton onto everybody and destroyed Blasted Matt. Matt. <laughs> Poor Matt. So, he's bruised. Thank you to everybody who participated in that. Thank, Thank you, you for anybody who's ever watched those things. Those are great. Uh, I, I'm so I so hope we're not done with those. I hope Matt Hardy yes. breaks those out once a year just to resolve a conflict that's the most ridiculous thing. Absolutely, in the world. Lee Moriarty and Ethan. Thank you for taking those gnarly bumps on the ground. I know those hurt. Right. Yeah. The the shots into the tree by Isaiah. Great. So good. Really enjoyed it. Please take the like 15 minutes to go back and watch it. We probably spent 15 minutes talking about it, but 20 if you want the extended <laughs> version. It's worth it. So that's going to wrap up AEW for us this week. They are building up, like we said, to Double or Nothing. But right after, is it after or before? I think it's the day before Double or Nothing. It is the day before, yes. We have the... Night of Champions. Night of Champions. I'm having such a hard time with WWE. I got you. I got you. This is why why I'm not... (laughs) This isn't a solo project. This is why we have two people on this podcast. Um, But we have Night of Champions where they'll be crowning a new heavyweight champion. Uh, But before we get to that... In order to dictate who's going to be eligible for that tournament for the new heavyweight championship, which is a completely confuffle all in itself. Yes. We had the draft night two on WWE Raw earlier this week, and we wanted to at least acknowledge what had happened and talk about it. So round one, we had Ross uh, ended up picking him, picking up the SmackDown Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. Good choice. I think, I think everybody had like an inkling that was going to happen. Sure. Uh, we had SmackDown. It was just nice to get that uh, like right off the bat to be like, okay, good. Right now right. we understand what's going on. Uh, Raw also uh, picked up Seth Rollins, which is great pick. I can't see why they wouldn't with it's Monday Night Rollins the championship. Uh, and then SmackDown picked up uh, United States champion Austin Theory, which makes sense because uh, Imperium is on 
uh, Raw, and you have they also picked up the former SmackDown champion, women's champion Charlotte Flair. Yes. They also announced that Brock Lesnar has been there. Yes. Yes. But they also announced uh, Brock Lesnar is a free agent, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because he's already expressed that he doesn't want to work every night. That's fine. He wants so. to work the pay-per-view, so then they can just throw in Brock whenever needed. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. It, um, but yeah, it, it, this was like the beginning of what I felt like was just the most cliche way to run this draft, because when they picked Rhea, or I'm sorry, yeah, Rhea Ripley for Raw after they picked Bianca last week, the week prior for SmackDown, and then the same thing with Imperium and the United States champion Austin Theory, it just felt like, okay, so we're not going to have any, like, any debacles with with titles here we're just going to go with everybody's going to one brand or the other yeah so to clear cut make the united states championship is solely on smackdown yep. now you can only get the uh intercontinental championship if you're on raw it just so felt the whole the, these draft picks felt entirely predictable and i feel like that is like yeah a it really wasn't exciting you know following. like smackdown was cool because you were really like establishing like some ground you didn't, yeah you didn't really know what was happening no but then when raw came around when we talked about this last week about uh the smackdown uh draft when your partner is in the company with you you get to go with them so right. it was like well of course, Becky Lynch is on Raw, so so is Seth. So it was like, Montez in our Ford eyes, and, and, it was pretty you know, obvious. Angelo Dawkins is going to SmackDown, Smackdown with, with, with Bianca. Bianca. Like it was, it was one of those like, no, okay, no we didn't, shit. Like it was just one, of, but it felt like <laughs> one of those like, I don't know. Yeah, we could have mixed up with something a little bit. Yeah, it was a little stale. Um, in round two, though, Raw made the fantastic decision to hold on to the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And quickly, we established that SmackDown will be taking the Usos. So now the bloodline is going to completely... Uh, bloodline will be on SmackDown. Yep. And that completely, de- like you said, debunks Derailed the another, like, KO, Sammy. Well, right that, before Backlash, too, which I thought that, was weird. It was, it was also like, oh, my God, my, will the Usos not be on the same brand as the Bloodline? And right. it was like, okay, are we teasing that, or are you guys just trying to – and that's all it was. It was just hype. Yep. And it was like, okay, so we are not doing that, so what's the surprise? What's – like, okay, we're getting real nitty-gritty down to who's left in the roster. What's the big, like, whoa sure. that we're going to see? So the next one we saw was the rest of the Judgment Day, which was almost a wasted pick. I think yeah. they just wanted Rhea Ripley to like be established on on Raw quickly, so they like we understood right that with Bianca right. But to have your entire pick be Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio, they were a group. So I don't know why they didn't draft but, as a group because it, Gunther drafted with Imperium. And another thing is they're not really a Odd. group though. Like they're a group, and and we all hang out with each other. But even in the Imperium, you've got Gunther and you've got. Uh, the other two that are tag team together. <laughs> the other two. I know. I'm, I just. Don't, I'm. 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 I haven't enough caffeine. Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni yes. Vinci. But they're a tag team. <laughs> yes. You know, Gunther is Gunther is with them. Right. But they're a tag team, and Gunther is a single star. So it's like it's right. Of, it's same thing with this. Like they're it's like not damage control. They're just hanging out with each other. Like they're just buddy and group. But they say Rhea Ripley of Judgment Day. Right. You know. Right. So it was weird, but that that's what happened. Uh, and then SmackDown will be taking on all of LWO. Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wild, and Zelina Vega, which really quick shinfo, didn't know this, didn't know if you any of you knew this. Joaquin Wild of LWO actually created the old ROH logo that they used to use. There right. was a contest in like, I don't know, it was like the early two thousands or something, and him and his brother entered the contest and he actually won. I just saw a random video about that. I thought that was really cool. So he also was in uh 
impact with Robbie Zima e. Ion. Yeah, Zima Ion. So wrestling's a weird, small world. Yeah. But all of LWO will be going to SmackDown. So that establishes the Judgment huge. Day and LWO being huge on two pick, different though. factions. I mean, huge. You, you even got imagine, Ray. Could you imagine if the NFL were like, we're going to pick... Uh, the entire offensive line of the of the Florida Gators. Yeah, I know. You know right? what I mean? Like, wait, wait, what? No, yeah. you can't do that. That's not fair. You can't. Right? You can't draft fourteen people in no. one pick. And at but, WWE's like, yeah, we can. We picked five. Right, but crazy. Think about that round. We just broke up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the Bloodline. Right, and we broke up the Mysterios. Which is in healthy. one round. It's healthy though. Like it's it really needs to be that way. Like yep. those it, are <laughs> pretty stale. Uh, at this point, they yeah. need to go. At they need point. to go. So we just established and put a kibosh on all of those. But now, but it was also... weird because, like I said, it was right before backlash. So we still haven't had that match as right. of this that that Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and the and the Bloodline had against each other. Right so as of as of that the draft, kind of weird. <laughs> uh, well, also another thing to take from this is now both tag team championship belts are on one show. So are they mm-hmm. going to split the belts? Are they going to unify these belts and do the same thing that they're doing with the uh, the singles championship and I just think creating they... another tag title? No, they need no. I don't know what I'm saying stupid. is you consolidate the ones that are on Raw, <laughs> yeah, and then you make a second be- pair of belts, yeah. Instead of splitting the belts, having them lose one set of their belts to one tag team, and then they're like, yeah, but we're still the Raw champions. You consolidate those two belts. Into the Raw United or the Raw Tag Team Champions, and then you have SmackDown come out with their own fucking tag team belts. So then you can have, or are you just are you just talking about one set of belts for the entire WWE? No, I think you need one on Raw, one on SmackDown. That's what I mean. I think you need you inst- need to put over another tag team for sure. Because but I then think it, they need to then, do like what they're doing with the heavyweight belt and create a new one and have a tournament. With the SmackDown, yeah, but stars. Sammy and Kevin don't need two belts. That's stupid. That's what I mean. You consolidate it down to yes, one. Yes, yes. They need one set of belts, and they need another tag team because then it, it's silly. What what SmackDown tag teams? What are they doing? Right. If they can't fight Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, then why are any tag teams going to be on? And if you can Smackdown? beat Kevin that Owens and Sami Zayn for one set of belts, then you should be able to get the other set too. In that but, sense, and that's what I mean. But like, it doesn't make any sense. That just means LWO will never win the tag team belts. They probably won't. It's like a running Poor gag. They're always going to lose. It's terrible. I'm really I hope liking not. these I'm guys. Not. I'm really liking Santos. I love LWO so far. It just, they need a win. So round three of the draft, we saw Raw take the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, as well as Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, the New Day. No Big, a- big E to be heard from. I'm really um, bummed about that. Really bummed about that. I really wish I would have said Big E's name better there a second ago. Uh, SmackDown also <laughs> took Asuka and uh, the Brawling Brutes of Seamus Butch and Ridge Holland. Again, they were all named as the Brawling Brutes, so I know you and I have had those questions. Yeah, is I it Seamus Butch, and the Brawling Brutes? I thought, yeah, I thought it was Seamus with the Brawling Brutes, and I and now I guess yeah. they're all the is Brawling Brutes. Is it Becky Brutes. and Damage Control? Uh, I think it's I, Damage it, Control is all of them. I don't them. think that's going to be a problem too much longer. God, I hope not. We'll um, talk about that. But yeah, we have uh, the women's champion are going there. <laughs> And then uh, you had brought up a point earlier. So if the Raw women's or the women's women's tag tag team team champions are going to Raw, my God, then what does that do for the tag team division as far as the women in SmackDown? Well, if you look, uh, we talked about this last week and I apologize. I just called her Isla Dawn. Her name's Isla Dawn and Alba Fire were drafted to SmackDown with the NXT women's tag team champions. Right. 
so that looks like there's going to be a title on each. It's kind of weird that NXT title's coming up, but that does give both brands an opportunity to fight for a tag team belt. Now, number one, I do like that because it does give the opportunity to have a second set of tag team belts. Um, Number two, what does that do for NXT? That opens up NXT to have a tournament to to crown new women's tag team champions. Well, then it's obviously got to be a different, you know, championship altogether because that tag team championship's going up to SmackDown. So what do you think they're going to do? I think what they're going to do is I think what they should do is you have a champion of your developmental brand who has now been brought up into the main roster. You give them the first shot at the new women's tag titles, and you have them and the other number one contender that would be ready for that match have them go for the the belt. Create a new belt. And have, like I said, the NXT champions who are already champions who deserve at least a shot at those new belts go against the number one tag te- women's tag team on that brand. Okay. And then you take the <laughs> NXT belts, you drop them back, obviously, to NXT, and you have a tournament for oh, those belts. I understand. The existing roster that <clears throat> is there. They still have a lot of good talent. Okay. They still have... They, we, we were surprised they left a lot of talent in NXT as much as they did. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to use that NXT ch- Women's Tag Team Championship as your, t- your free ticket to earn your first big girl championship. And I mean that with 100% respect. Sure. I don't think one's better than the other. I just know that one's a bigger scale than the other one. Well, and they had to defend it on NXT. They did right. have and to defend did. that those championships I mean. against those two girls they who are, are also coming up. They're tried and true. They are the best tag team in NXT right now. Why would you not want to afford them the opportunity <clears throat> on their right. brand new home of, okay, you're a tried and true champion. Prove it and be a champion here. Here's your opportunity right. to say you're the right. best. Be the best not only in NXT, but walk up to the big girls club and put your big girls pants on and okay. win that championship so do you like think you say you're going to. Do you think they're going to do like a Raw women's tag team championship? I hope so. I hope we have. If we're going to do a brand split, I really hope that you have... Because you only your, your superstars can only be on one brand and to have right. so make Liv Morgan and Raquel the Raw right. women's tag team champions and then you have SmackDown or you have some equivalent you don't have to call them the Raw and the SmackDown they did that for a while with the, with the uh, Universal and the World and the Heavyweight Championship I think you do something like that you have two completely separate <laughs> titles and then you could even toy with the idea of having the the bragging rights pay per view I always thought was really interesting where you had Raw you versus SmackDown yeah but you put your champions against each other yeah. you put your your women's Raw and women's SmackDown champions against each other in, in a little bit of a gimmick match. Sure. So somebody's bragging got a little rights. bragging rights. I yeah. think it's a great, it'd be a great thing to, to a dynamic to do if you're gonna do a brand split. Sure, because because you never it, get to see it. You know right, what I mean? Right. A little bit of competition breeds excellence. Right. Like, in and having your top guy on one show go against your top guy on your other show, you know the the match is going to be a blowout match. Right. These guys are trying to maybe not outdo each other in the ring, but at the same time, they're trying to make each other your best. You're trying to make your product the best. And if you can put a competition within your own company and not have anybody else on the outside, it just says something if you can do it right. It does. Okay. Up next is round four of the draft. Raw goes first and they pick Trish Stratus. Up next in SmackDown, Karrion Cross and Scarlett are drafted. Raw picks the tag team of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, so it looks like they're going to be staying together. And they were drafted as a unit, not separate. They were, yes. And SmackDown with their best pick yet, L.A. Knight. I mean, they did pick the head of the table 
and Paul Heyman. I stand up what I said. I hope they do something with <laughs> L.A. Knight. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> round five, we saw another unit being put together, and I guess staying as a unit, uh, tag team. I don't know why I'm saying unit. Like, it's a, they're a unit of measure. Uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet are going to Raw, as well as Bronson Reed. Uh, and SmackDown ended up picking up Shotzi and Elton Prince and Kit Wilson of Pretty Deadly. Another so see, NXT team. We see another, yeah, another uh, NXT call-up. Not the last one, but definitely one of the few that ends up getting called up. And it was another thing I was very surprised was we didn't see nearly as many NXT superstars get drafted. I agree. Um, but I can kind of see why, and we can talk about that, or we can just say that I feel like they left a lot of NXT talent in NXT so that NXT didn't feel like a barren wasteland. You have wasteland to. You have Because it's to. a TV product now. <laughs> Uh, up next in round six for Raw, they picked up the team. So we are keeping Alpha Academy together of Otis Thank and Chad the Gable. Olympic wrestling gods that they are staying together. I was really? not going to lie. I would have been bro- so brokenhearted if Alpha Academy, because I just love these two together. I love Otis and I love Chad Gable. I do and too. I just, I can't get enough of them. And, and obviously I, they love each other. They're or I would have been so, so good sad. together. I would have been so sad if they got I was kind up. of. Kind of hoping that they would break up. I was 100% hating on that idea because I want my Alpha Academy. Chad needs a singles run. That's fine. You can do it as Alpha Academy. You can. You can. God Uh, damn it. Don't separate my boys. They also picked up the tag team that were unable to pick up the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships before being drafted. Uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. I don't know a lot about these two, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like they always see their pictures everywhere, Mm -hmm. like they're they're doing something huge in NXT. So uh, looking forward to seeing some more women being drafted up. Indy Hartwell got drafted up. Um, she's the NXT Women's Champion, so it's right. just crazy the amount of talent. So they had to leave some people. Right. Um, but they also picked up, speaking of, uh, on SmackDown, Cameron Grimes and Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. Love to see Rick Boogs back. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go over too well, to be honest with you. He's one of those guys that I know I'm going to like him because he's just got that energy that I like, and he's a big, meanie man. But I know it's not going to be for everybody. I feel like his character is almost akin to an Orange Cassidy, kind of mm-hmm. too goofy for a lot of people. So hopefully he'll, you know, adapt to people's likings a little bit. I and, like uh, That's actually going to be the regular end of the regular draft. We also had, uh, just like how they had on, what is it, SmackDown, Lowdown. Yeah, and they never uh, said there were going to be more draft picks. So it nope. just ended and we were like, what about Baron Corbin? Actually, I think they did mention something with Raw Talk. Maybe, I don't know. They didn't know. say anything about the Lowdown, but on Raw Talk after Raw... Uh, you also saw Raw, a lot of Raws there, ended up drafting Akira Tozawa, uh, Garza and Umberto, Dana Brooke, Emma, Indus Share, Johnny Gargano, Nikki Cross, Odyssey Jones, Piper Niven, Riddick Moss, Tegan Knox, and Zia Lee. Uh, SmackDown ended up only getting Grayson Waller and Tamina. Uh, and f- more free agents were announced in the likes of Baron Corbin, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Elias, and Zion Quinn. Uh, a lot more free agents than I was expecting. Yeah, I thought there would be like three or four, but I wonder why they're doing Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Because they don't know what agents. to do with them. I now, really thought they were going to... Okay. I've pitched this. We I got super excited about 45 minutes ago because Jamie like looked into my brain and realized that there was ideas in there and she pulled them out and stole them from me. But here's my thing. I think you. I, I like the free agency. I didn't expect it to be this large. So when I originally came up with this, I didn't. I didn't expect it to be have such a vast amount of people. Yeah, it's almost think, its own brand. <laughs> I, I think you, but that's. I feel like you could take the free agents, and especially with, um, Ali's like positivity 
and yeah, Dolph Ziggler being, being part of it and everybody else that's within it, I think you could really put a solid core group members of free agents that are just there to be a free agent faction. And they're trying to prove themselves because they can go on either brand. They're there to push each other up and, you know, really turn it because everybody's trying to be positive. Ali's trying to make everybody positive. So we're trying mm-hmm. to boost everybody. And that's the whole thing. And it's just one of those things that keeps bothering each brand and it keeps okay. bo- messing up well, with and, this, messing and up with Shelton that. And Shelton and Cedric are a team. So maybe, you know, one week, hey, you guys are already a tag team. So right. we're going to put you guys up on Raw to go against, you know, whoever because Kevin Owens Imperium, and Sami Zayn, you know. You know? But and, and I really think you could take that and make it as almost a quote unquote like you almost, like you said it's own brand like we're the free agents we're the guy we're the yeah. the underdogs we're you the never ones know that we're nobody show wanted up. Well, yeah. yeah you don't we could show up on either show yeah. both we or both no days. it's it's not that nobody wanted us it's that both teams wanted us and they couldn't they couldn't exactly. agree you could sell it so well yeah. to where it could be a faction of just very talented individuals yeah. everybody Elias. in there has got such good talent. But I just don't think any that WWE doesn't know what to do with them right now. Okay. And I think that would be a good way to utilize talent you don't know what to utilize and create a, like I was talking about before, you know, you're going to have a brand split, have it to where they're constantly messing with the, with, with the goings on of SmackDown. There's like four or five guys that go to SmackDown every single week. And right when you think hmm, they've got okay, an upper hand, I like that. you know, they send another few sma- more SmackDown guys and then more free agency guys show up. They're oh, like, I oh, love we're it. all here for them. But then they win the belts and then something happens. Like one of them gets hurt. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's out for some reason. Right. And then they enact the Freebird rule. So then Brock Lesnar comes in. But then you can also, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you could also have it to where you've got, uh, let's say, Cedric Alexander gets approached by uh, Adam Pierce and says, listen, you know, maybe we weren't thinking right. Maybe you should have been drafted to Raw. Maybe we should have put more steam. I'll tell you what. Okay. You're the tag team champion. Drop the belt. Drop it to a Raw, and we'll bring you over. I'll slide you this nice little contract. It'll double your money. Get you on Raw. Get you to the height of Raw. And you can have a storyline where you have, like, inline in corruption that's fun. In the free eight, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, That's Tony fun. Khan, I like it. Vince McMahon, Triple H, come We've on. We've got I, ideas. I, I got time, bro. Like, just, I'm a phone call away. Okay. So let's talk WWE backlash. Let's. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, Jamie and I were on polar opposite ends of the world when it came to the beginning of this pay per view. I was excited about it. Jamie was not excited about it. The pay per view started, and not that I wasn't excited about it, I just had the, I have the attention span of a cockroach and I saw a shiny thing in the corner which was my computer and I sat in front of it for probably about half the pay-per-view while watching it through the reflection of my other computer screen. <laughs> I on the other hand was sitting on the edge of my seat after with a very she injured was, wing. After she was so mopey about having to watch this. Yeah. So interesting dynamic going works. into this. The first match I mean I, I can't I can't even explain how entertaining. This was the one match I did not look away from. It, it was the ni- match of the night, it was the match that I think everybody was expecting to fall flat because there was not a lot of buildup. The buildup that there was was that, you know, Bianca could never really get a good, like, footing in 
like being the badass <laughs> champion that she is, it always felt like somebody either had to come save or, you know, she always had to deal with damage control. And it, to me, it felt like the buildup for this championship match was just not there. I was, it wasn't. I was least excited about this one. Yeah, which is surprising because she really, it really hit home when the match happened that if Bianca got through Backlash with the championship, right. she would be the longest reigning women's champion of the modern day era, which puts her, I think, in the fourth um, as the number four uh, highest right. reigning women's champion because the first one was like 10,000 days. Like you, you can't, you can't beat that. It, it's, it's hard pressed and it was yeah. from a different era, but I think that's why they were saying that because they kept re- repeating the phrase, she is the top champion of the modern era. Because right. if you look at everybody, 30 years ago, if you look at everybody that's above her, it's been, yeah, like you said, 30 plus years since those champions have reigned and it's a different era. It's right. been two different That was May Young, by the then. way. God bless her. <laughs> Soul May Young took one of the gnarliest table spots from Bubba Ray Dudley. I, pff, Several such times. A, such an amazing wrestler, <laughs> such a good, uh, amazing performer. Yeah, but um, Bianca had a lot to, to prove here. She had to get through backlash with the championship, which was, it was an interesting turn because, again, we already had the draft, so we knew Bianca was going to be the SmackDown champion as of you know, Friday right. of, of the week coming. So it, it, it was kind of weird because she really, she had some things on the line, but she really didn't have a lot on the line at the same time. So it, it felt like leading up to it, that there was really no way that EO sky was going to win. But when, Ooh, that crowd now, when the match finally started, EO sky got probably the third amount, highest amount of love. Oh, 100%. Uh, backlash. The, 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 what you would have thought going into this, you would have thought EO would have been the, the underdog to win. And you would have thought the crowd would have backed Bianca. And it was completely the opposite. I don't know what it is about her in Puerto Rico. Those fans, anytime that she would hit a move, they would cheer. Anytime that Bianca hit a move, boos, just Booze. Yeah, which it was insane. Before we even get started into talking about this, and we already started talking about this match, of course, but shout out to the crowd in Puerto Rico who made, I think that's what sucked me in so hard was the crowd was so into it. Even at the press conference the night before, they were, it was it. so into it. So Chanting. they were just going crazy for EO. And like, when I say crazy, like 17,000 people were screaming for EO Sky. It was great. It was the, the crowd made that pay-per-view 100 percent, and that's and that's not taken away from the performances the wrestlers did but that crowd if you have a dead crowd at a wrestling event you have a dead wrestling event doesn't matter how good the how good the wrestling is it's like wrestling it takes in a, away from it it's like wrestling in an empty arena it just does not sound good mm-hmm. but this crowd sold the all night all night they sold it when We'll get to it, but that Damian Priest and Bad Bunny match, oh my God, I you could hear it for probably miles. Oh, it was absolutely, so absolutely. So it was just a phenomenal way to start off. The heat was just incredible. EO gave the absolute performance, the best performance I've ever seen her, if not Bianca as well. And there was numerous times, I'm sure you and I both Unbelievable. thought that, that EO was going to win. Yeah, she, she didn't, unfortunately. No, she uh, did not. Bianca did one hell of a, a what is it, a one-arm military press yep. with EO. I mean, she is so unbelievably strong and such a fantastic champion i'm happy for her that she's going to continue her reign uh be interesting to see how they swap belts i don't know if they're going to do that on raw but uh, yeah i don't know i'm 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 excited to see it because these are going to be some two powerful women to to have to swap yeah things they've fought their lives for so again didn't work out very well the last time they tried this 
Up next, we had Seth Rollins taking on the Nigerian monster Omos in probably one of the more surprising, entertaining matches of the night. I wasn't super excited about this. Nope. I about, I'd I be was about not the enthusiasm that Seth did when he realized he was in this match and posted right. on Twitter. Um, that alrighty then uh, Ace Ventura mm-hmm. meme. Didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. But <laughs> I I'm... do actually. I really do because I I took got, the then? time to sit down and actually. I don't mean to say this to be rude. I actually took the time to sit down and watch the whole thing, and and I wasn't into it to begin with. But they did it the right way. They let Omos look like an absolute monster. Oh, for sure. And that's what they needed to do because he can come out every week and he can squash a bunch of jobbers and who gives a shit. That's irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything. He has to be able to go up against somebody who actually has some credibility behind them. And I'm not saying that he hasn't fought people with credibility. As you've been I'm just out saying, on Twitter. yeah, Twitter tried calling me out on that. <clears throat> I'm saying he hasn't had a credible match with somebody where the match was legitimate. So this was a you're legitimate more referencing match. He, he's it, the match itself feels more important as opposed it to the person did. he's wrestling. Because I know you're 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 talking about both Bobby Lashley. And I'm sorry, not Bobby Lashley, with uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Um, taking him on was. I didn't like the way a, it was done. It didn't do anything. It was a big anything. profile match, but it didn't go over well. It didn't the guys do anything big, for either of good. them. Right. This did something for both, right. honestly. It really did. Seth Rollins wins this match, of course. He walks away and he can say, I beat somebody who's as big as Omos mm-hmm. on his way up to the heavyweight championship. And he should be. Perfect. But I didn't realize Omos was going to gain so much from this because Seth did, I don't know exactly what happened, but Omos got down on the, on basically all fours yep. and you knew that Seth was about to hit the curb stomp. Cla- so he classic. hit Classic. So he hit the ropes, did his thing and he was about to do it and he put his foot up on Omos's neck and Omos didn't budge. He did the classic big man thing he where ate it. he takes a finisher and just goes, no. He ate it. Just goes, no, I'm not doing that. And that was so pivotal, I think, to Omos's career was the fact that he just, he swallowed that. It was, I wasn't expecting it, but it was. It was classic, but it was just so well done that, honest to God, I thought that was it. But he ate it and he tried and he tried and Seth kept continuing to try to do it. And it literally took Seth to get to the top rope to land a curb stop on Omos to, to actually get the victory against him. So I feel like both guys won in this situation. It was Even a, though it was, Omos didn't win, he actually had a really good match with they Seth. They really sold it Seth very put well, it like a David and Goliath. Like, there's no way Seth can win, yes. but Seth has to win. Yes. You know what I mean? And but he Omos still really didn't lose because he looked no. really good, and he had, what, a 10-minute match? He it finally had longest, a long, legitimate match. It was the match. longest singles match of uh, his career in WWE. And his best. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, following that, we had Austin Theory, Bronson Reed, and Bobby Lashley all vying for the United States title. And we've been kind of critical about this, and it kind of panned out exactly how we thought. This was probably this is the one match I was actually excited for, and this is the one match that I felt like kind of felt a little bit a little bit short of the goalpost. I think sometimes um, in a in a premium live event or pay per view, you have to just throw in a match that's that's really good, but not phenomenal and not lackluster because people need a second to kind of walk away and catch their breath and and be excited for the next right. match because you can't put Bad Bunny and then put something immediately after that's just another banger. You have to take a breath. You have to watch the Bloodline match. So it makes sense why they did it like that. Now, much like you were talking about. Uh, Omos doing good in that match. I think this did good for Bronson Reed. I think it's now opened up a an avenue for the 
normal WWE viewer is like, okay, he's been on one or two pay-per-views or premium live events. He's sure. been on TV occasionally. He's a big, powerful force. They're selling him the right way. So I think this was great to... They don't have to sell shit. Well, this you know is what Bronson I mean, Reed, it, you know? He's like... become a more normal name in everybody's mouth. Now everybody's like, okay, be. I remember this guy. I know who he is. Yeah. He's recognizable. Uh, and I think it did great for that, for this match for him. With Bobby Lashley taking the loss and Austin Theory getting the win, I don't... It didn't really do anything for me. No. I, it came out exactly how I, I expected it to be. I mean, I, I did. I was trying to put out in the world and my predictions <laughs> that Bronson Reed was going to win. Because I, I would have loved to seen that happen and then seen Austin Theory move on to sure. something bigger, which we'll comment we'll talk that about in that in a too, but... um, And that's kind of what I was expecting. I was like, you know, Austin Theory's had the run with his belt. Like, not that it's been a, uh, it's long enough, but it would be a good opportunity to get him propulsed into the, you know, right. world title picture. Uh but it panned out exactly how I thought. Austin Theory, the sne- sneaky little worm that he is, was right. able to take advantage of Bobby Lashley hitting his finisher, pushes him out of the ring before long enough for him to get the one, two, three on Bronson Reed. Uh, the Uno Dos Trace. Uno Dos Trace. Um, it, and it, it, it played out. The match was good. There's nothing wrong with the match. They, no, it was they, good. It was all very athletic, athletically well. All three of them are phenomenal athletes. But it just felt like it was one, two, three, four, five. This is how the match is going to go. And one, two, three, four, five. This is and how that's the match exactly what it was. You know, underwhelming. I guess. And it's crazy to think because let's break down the fourth wall for a second. You know, I'm like after the match happens, I just looked at Mark and I was like, absolutely insane to think that Austin Theory would fight these guys in real life. And walk away with the win. There's just absolutely They're no massive, way. Massive men too. I mean, if, like, if, if you don't know, Bronson Reed went up against uh, Okada in the G1 in 2022 and beat him. Yeah, but I lost. Know, but... You know, it's it's just a crazy thing, and you can't you can't say one thing over the other. You know, right. obviously, I understand that, but the the amount of talent that this guy has, I honestly, after the match with them. Uh, announcing the heavyweight title opportunity coming up after that match, Bronson Reed was one that stuck in my head that I thought, oh, yeah, I yeah he's going, he's going for this, like he's going for the heavyweight title. So we'll compare, that's what I thought was going to we'll happen. We'll compare, we compare our predictions to what they decided for the uh, that tournament here in a little bit. Yes, because they did decide what they're going to do for the tournament as we decided we were going to record this podcast. Conveniently Thanks, WWE. For us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think one good thing that's coming out of this match is it clearly being the end of the Bobby Lashley Austin Theory rivalry, which Thank has God. gone for way I too hope. long. And I'm hoping that they're going to take Austin Theory and skirt him over to a nice rivalry with Grayson Waller. It's a perfect opportunity to do it. Right. Uh, obviously, they've he just got he just got drafted. Yep, over to the same brand as mm-hmm. uh, Austin Theory. So they've had a that could be great. They've had a story rivalry in NXT. So and they influencer they've, thing. They've mm-hmm. chirped at each other occasionally over the past couple of months yep. through Twitter. So it would be smart to revisit that. All right. So the most heartwarming moment of the night had to be when Zelina Vega and Rhea Ripley uh, went head to head for the Raw Women or SmackDown Women's Championship. It's confusing as hell because it's like. Uh, you're defending a championship you won't have for too much longer, but and they haven't referenced it. They it's the other way it. around. It's the SmackDown Women's Champion uh, Rhea Ripley facing Zelina Vega in uh, not her hometown, but uh, Zelina Vega her homeland, is, I suppose. Yes, Puerto Rican who is from uh, New York and the Bronx, I believe. Yep, had her entire family there. They didn't and show mine. Malachi. I don't know. I would assume. He I don't. He might there. not have been there. I didn't see him in the crowd at <laughs> yeah, all. But then again, they could have just not panned far enough. W- left. Yeah, I was to say WWE is really good at keeping people off camera, especially former but WWE people. <laughs> the response that that Zelina got when she came out was phenomenal. She, she came out great. with uh, a giant. I will probably PVC pipe, but hanging off of it was the flag of Puerto Rico. Um, she, so when she like 
uh, put her arms out. It was like a cape almost, right, so like right. uh, like a bat wings kind of like goes all the way down. But it was this. It was probably you know her entire arm length wide and her entire height tall, which is probably only like three foot tall. She's a <laughs> tiny little girl. Um, but she came out. Crowd went absolutely batshit. She got in the ring, and they did the announcement. And of course, you know they got to do you the challenger and, and the in the the champion. And they gave Zelina probably an extra thirty seconds of just letting that crowd make that poor girl cry on TV. And I, I'll get, I'm starting to get kind of teared up just because of how emotional it was and how insane of a response that she got from that crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, this crowd was balls to the walls the entire night, but this match, this moment especially was, oh my God, I'm getting chills thinking it about it. It was huge. They said her grandmother had uh, immigrated from Puerto Rico, so her right. family had obviously really close ties to that. Right. Her parent, her stepfather ne- like and her mother were there. behind her had to deal with, had to deal with probably yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff. Her uncle was there, and they actually said that her uncle at one point had fought you know, uh, Bruno Since, San Martino, yeah, which is which, just complete shinfo. Her, which we were just talking about you know, with being a championship. Like he was one of the top. WWF, WWE, WWE champions, you know, it's so it's all, you know, full circle that she's coming back and she's brought it back to her to so he could see, you know, the next generation, the next next generation of wrestling, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. It it was a really great match and it was a good opportunity for Selena Vega to show off how great of a wrestler she was. But it definitely was 100 percent Rhea's time to shine. She definitely came out with the win, looked great and uh they gave Zelina like another minute after the match to celebrate, and I mean, she really did not lose. It was it was a beautiful moment. Uh, you couldn't help but cry. The crowd was just phenomenal. So WWE, they they did right by honoring her. Yeah, they really did. We're gonna talk about big ovations for matches and entrances. I don't think we can go any further without talking about well, obviously the next match. Uh, Bad Bunny took on Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight, and good God, did these guys put on a show! They <laughs> like I know like I was not really expecting. Did. Okay, at this point we're we're at like the fifth match. Um, I wasn't expecting to be this excited about these matches, and I know I even said that I watched like partials of these matches, but the chunks that I did watch when I was turned around, it was because it was so insane the things that would happen in this entire pay per view. So at this point, both of us our expectations have gone completely out of the roof for this this premium live event. When this match came on. I couldn't get done what I was trying to do because I had to turn around every like five seconds because something else was happening. Something insane happened. Somebody went through a table. Somebody got hit with this. Big or Bad Bunny hit a Michinoku driver right in the first few seconds of the match happening. It was insane. Bad Bunny could have hosted this show like he was supposed to. Right. Maybe take a bump. He didn't have to Done do a handful of things, anything maybe. like this. He didn't have to be the star of the match like this. But no, I, you have to give credit to Damian Priest because WWE really believed in him to be able to put him in this match against Bad Bunny. The right person had to do this. And mm-hmm. if I'm being 1000% honest, I'm really not the biggest Damian Priest fan. I don't hate the guy. I just never anything really did it for right. me. Honest to God, this this match sold me because oh, he was a, able to a, put Bad worker. Bunny over so well. Yeah. It was crazy. So Let's start well, off. Did he put Bad Bunny over well, or did Bad Bunny put himself over Let's well? Let's talk about it. Let's I talk about like it. I feel like both of them can be applied <laughs> in this situation. So the whole thing started with 
the song that they've been playing forever in the background on WWE that I had absolutely no idea that was Bad Bunny. The song that um, that I constantly hum after I get done playing WWE games. It's super catchy, but I didn't know it was him. We're so out of the loop and we're just we're not Bad Bunny music fans. So I never knew anything about him, honest to God, until he wrestled in the WWE. Right. Didn't know anything. So people, I think, hate on him as a wrestler, just as Logan Paul, because it's easy to do as an influencer or as the, honestly, the, t- right. the highest listening uh the highest streamed artist on and three years in a row yeah uh, in spotify it's three years in a row so it's it's legitimate let's just say that wwe is very very fortunate that bad bunny is a fan of them not the other way around right because because he he really did not have to do what he did like i said before and he puts Um, his heart and his soul into these performances he really did but the crowd obviously was it was like a concert it was insane like when he came out he came out to a song the crowd was singing it it was like the walls must have been shaking so it was already starting so bad bunny comes out he gets like down the ramp which first off the set was gorgeous they did like a stage rather than the the huge uh titan trons and made right. a big deal about that they actually made it like a really intimate walk and i liked that the crowd liked it too it felt very akin to like that early 80s uh over you know out of the united states yeah you know, they tried to pack it was everybody like intimate in. was though not, very gl- not much glitz and glitz i mean there was a lot of glitz there and was glamour, a lot of glitz and glamour. but the, the the way that everything looked you had a probably a 10 foot wide entrance and that's yeah. all you had it was all especially lined after with wwe screens. that was ridiculous or um wrestlemania wrestlemania that was insane uh, but it felt like it was one of those old school home down or hometown uh, wrestling events, mm-hmm. and everybody was run- the the entire ring was surrounded by people. There wasn't like it. an open entrance that had a giant chunk of missing people. Yeah, like, they, they did the right thing around. here. It was great. Yeah, and I think it was perfect for this match. Exactly. Yeah. So Bad Bunny comes all the way down. The crowd's going nuts. They're singing a song, and he's like, "Oh, you know, hold up one second. And he goes back. He grabs the grocery cart filled with. Uh, weapons for the street fight, very uh, inspired by New Jack, which is funny as hell. He comes out and uh, he has a kendo stick that was given to him by uh, Savio Vega. Yep. Um, Famous Puerto Rican uh, wrestler. Yeah, which had happened earlier. Rey Mysterio had introduced him. So that was how it started off. Like you said, it was the they, second the bell rang, it started off and there really wasn't like a slow moment. And they really uh, played, they both, they played into this match. Like they played into the crowd. They, yeah. they did everything the crowd wanted. They, they had everything happen to bad bunny that the crowd didn't want. They yeah, had him go bad through bunny tables. took a Falcon arrow through the table and it was, I mean, they hit that spot. Yep. Perfect. But in the end, perfect. Bad Bunny ends up getting the win, telling, you know, making the heel take the loss, which he can afford, and giving the hometown, I guess, hero, yeah. the hometown celebrity, just the, the like, the most overreaction. You didn't even talk night. about one of the best parts of the whole entire thing. Not only did Savio Vega come out, we got Carlito. Carlito, yep. Carlito took a bite of the apple. And yep. he spit it in Dominic Mysterio's face. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. <laughs> it was really good. It was... For for not having a storyline attached to it and not being a direct like WWE normal storyline, this was probably one of the biggest matches of the night. Yeah. The crowd was just eating it up and it was just really, really entertaining. It's crazy. I mean, Bad Bunny has a bigger skill set of moves than Roman Reigns. I mean, he hit a DDT. He had a sliced bread. He almost hit himself unconscious. Right. Uh, he put him in a figure four. It was just really... It was crazy. It was like a video game. It was really good. Like you just superimposed him into a video game and you were just putting like the best moves possible and it turns out Bad Bunny so was doing them. So every time I play games, I just, that's all I do. I just get weapons and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, and just lots of sliced bread. I love sliced bread. <laughs> 
Uh, unfortunately for this group, they had to follow that match. Uh, the Bloodline was taking on KO, Sammy, and Riddle. Um, and they had to kind of break up the match between what just happened in the street fight and what ended up being the main event, which was a shocker, Cody and Brock Lesnar. Right. So they threw in this really long time rivalry between everybody. And the, the match was great. I mean, everybody in here knows how to wrestle. Right. Uh, but you could watch probably a minute and a half of this of this entire match and understand yep. and get everything you needed to get. Yep. There were Samoan spikes. There were Huluva kicks. There were stunners. You knew exactly what was going to happen. There was a 1D. I mean... But what really mattered... I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> what really mattered what was the ending. I mean, it, it... This was not a match for all six men. This was a match no. strictly to push the Usos and Bloodline fracture happening because towards the end of the match, Solo's going ham. He's beating the shit out of KO, Sammy, and Riddle. And Jay jumps in to kind of like, you know, dap him out. And he turns around and he about Samoan spikes Jay. And he's sitting there and he's like, he's got like that rage in his eyes. Like he's going to hit him. And Jay's like, yo, I'm your brother. I'm in. He audibly hear him say, I'm your brother, not him. And I'm sure he's referencing Roman Reigns. And for a second there. He doesn't like stand down. He's yeah, still got he his thumb almost up. got the he's twitch got, like he's, he's gonna do Jay it. He's got by like the collar and he's still got his thumb up yeah. and he's really poised to attack. And then I can't remember who it is, whether it's KO Riddle or, or Sammy come in and they attack Solo and they break it all up. Um, but, but that wasn't the first time. There was actually a time where um, Jay was in the corner, you know, doing the ooh, and the crowd was so that part. And Solo does the whack. He tags himself in. And and Jay, the, the just that's the whole thing is the they go back and forth back and forth well it didn't sit well with him because as soon as he jumps back out of the ropes he smacks solo in the back and gets the tag back in and that's where his animosity starts mm -hmm. uh the ending up ends up happening solo who ends up uh pinning i believe riddle uh, so you don't see the tag team champions get get yeah. pinned in this match even though they riddle get the with, loss riddle with those funyun trunks with the funyun trunks uh but then they stand up Jay, Jimmy, and Solo are in there kind of celebrating. Jimmy's like trying to be the the neutral party, trying yeah. to get Jay. Because I don't you know, think hey, he saw won. what happened. He, he wasn't there. If he did, I still think he was just like, hey, guys, you know, we won the match. Like yeah. That. And Solo just kind of sits there for a minute, a little, little bit, you know, standoffish with the other two. So, uh -huh. again, this match was nothing more than to just push right. this bloodline fracture forward. And I'm, I think that's where we're going with this. We're going to see a Roman and Solo taking on the yep. Usos at some point in the near future. I, th I think that match was a loss for me. Yeah. Surprisingly. You could have done a promo with this and it would have done the same thing. They should have lost. The okay, bloodline should that. have lost. I can the, see that. Uh, I just try to do it too. I keep calling Solo Uso. Solo and Jay had so much tension that it shouldn't go on any longer. It should have happened right there. Right. Solo should have just turned around and hit him with a Samoan spike because uh, uh, Jay and Jimmy actually super kicked each other too. Right. Which right. they and were so already, distracted. And there's already been an animosity between those two for months now just because of what's been going on. So Yeah. I think they that, should have ended it right there. But to have that not affect uh, the Usos, you know, collaborative, you know, efforts, even after doing that, speaks volumes. And then all of a sudden there was a misunderstanding of communication between Jay and Solo. And all of a sudden they're like, they're eyeballing each other, you know, and there's like instantly like, well, the Usos can figure out, okay, it happens sometimes. We're all in the heat of the moment and shit happens. But you're our brother too, and you can't do that. Right. That's where I think this divide's gonna. We're gonna see it from here on out. I think this this rivalry between the Usos and the current tag team champions are over. 
I think oh, it's going to be like I think it's going to be like just enough to to trickle some spice on whatever is going on sure. with the Usos. And I think that's line. why Roman and Solo got drafted together, and the Usos got drafted together because eventually I think it's going to be that they're going to be two separate entities, but right. they'll still be on the same program. So really, they can go against each other. And finally, the main event of the night, which I think we, you and I were both surprised that this was the main event. Shouldn't I mean, I guess, been. I guess maybe not surprised, but um, disappointed that three championship matches weren't better than this. Sure. Um, actually, none of the championship matches were main event. No. None of them were in the top half of it either. No, I was so, think is always a weird. loss. Weird. But we had Cody Rhodes getting his revenge against Brock Lesnar in a one-on-one. What do you got for it? I thought it was going to be because, okay, I hate to be that guy, but we took a quick look at the clock. There was 10 minutes left. 10 minutes. It was like 10, 12 minutes what Brock was walking out. So and the, and I don't go was over like, 11 o'clock a little bit sometimes. So yeah. we're like, okay, maybe we got 15 minutes. I was seeing the writing on the wall here. I was seeing Suplex City. I was seeing that's it for Cody. Cody's going to get a couple moves in. Um, but he's not going to win. That was what I thought. It was just going to be a bad right. turnout for Cody. Just that's just not pushing what him happened. further down the proverbial. Hill. Yeah. I mean, of course, Brock had him out of the ring a lot. He had advantage on him a lot. That's what needed to happen. This is the same thing as Omos and Seth here. Right. That's the logic I have for this match is the right. same as that. He's the bigger guy. He's the beast. He right. needs to be put over like that. I get that. What made it interesting and we have we might have our theories or opposing ideas as to why right. this actually happened, uh, if this was planned or if this was not planned. Cody Rhodes, we'll say with air quotes, accidentally pulls off the turnbuckle so hard because Brock Lesnar is giving him a German suplex so hard but that the turnbuckle it. It gets really ripped off. They really should invest in better zip ties, though. Because if you ever yeah. notice they use zip ties, yeah. they really need to invest in better zip ties. I can <laughs> stop buying your zip ties from Harbor Freight. Buy them from a, re- a reputable source because that's not a good zip tie. No. Three zip ties should not be ripped off by hand. <laughs> so Cody Rhodes rips off the turnbuckle. It literally went flying into the crowd. So somebody now owns uh, WWE Backlash turnbuckle. Oh, no, um, I'm sure a security attack. Yeah, you right. Know WWE. That's $39.95. So it was exposed, you know, the, the bare turnbuckle. So not too long after which, Brock gets thrown into said turnbuckle. Which, if you don't know, is literally a metal like cast iron steel hook. Yeah, cast it's really iron, hard to tell sometimes what's real and what's hook. fake. But I mean, no, that's legit because there was no faking this. The shot was lined up so perfect. We were like zoomed in on Brock's head when it hit that exactly like you said, ex- exposed turnbuckle. He was just flooding buckets. It was it, buckets everywhere. It was it was there was probably a, an insane. inch long gash right above his left eyebrow, and initially. It looked like, you know, just a normal whacks his head, you know, and rolls off. But within, what, maybe two, three seconds, he started, he's got the crimson face. It was terrible. It was probably, it, if it was not a planned spot, which it didn't look like it was planned. It wasn't a blade. It wasn't, and if it was a blade, it was the quickest blade I've ever seen in my entire life. No, it was not a blade. It was definitely, I watched he hit it. his face. Whether he meant to hit his face. Yes. Whether he meant to split his dome open. Yes. Is a completely different conversation. I don't feel like it was. Okay. But if it wasn't, or if it if if it was, then it was finely crafted to be done. Yeah. I think it was 100% planned. You think? Now, at first, I didn't. I okay. didn't. I was like, wow, because <laughs> here's what makes it really funny. 
I literally just got done explaining to Mark that I had read that WWE changed their policy so that you can't show that you're bleeding. Right. I was just telling Mark about it. I was like, how funny is that? Because Finn showed his cut and apparently now you're not allowed to show it on social media or anything like that. Right. And then this literally happened right after. So when it happened, they showed the blood because there was no way. But then he kind of turned into it. So I was like, well, yeah, for like like, they're bleeding, like they're going to like end the match or something like that. For like 30 seconds, every shot was from the Uh backside of Brock. You couldn't see any of it. He just, it either either lined up perfectly that way or... Or they intended it so that they're like, no, don't get his face. And then eventually, like, well, there's nothing we can do. We're only because it was only like what, five minutes into the match. It yeah. wasn't very long into uh-huh. it, and they just let it go. And he was gushing. I think he it was, was purposeful really because after I kind of thought about it, it's Puerto Rico, right? This is Brock Lesnar. You know, things like that aren't just accidentally happen. Right. You know, Brock wants things to be a certain way, and Brock only puts over people that he wants to put over. I didn't think he was going to put over Cody Rhodes. I really didn't. Right. But I think he put over himself because he got the bloody face, because I imagine the pictures all over the internet are of Brock. Oh, there's already shots of him all over the internet, and he looks And I think that's exactly what it was. Brock's the winner. Yes, Cody won. I think it was a really good move because there's no way this is over. Right. But I just didn't like how Cody Rhodes ran off and it ended. I don't like how the ending of the match with the surprise roll-up. He, Brock Lesnar, had Cody in the Kimura and had him dead to rights. And it's like nobody's ever thought to just roll Brock Lesnar up on his shoulders. Yeah. And I, what bothered me as well was that they consistently were saying that Brock Lesnar is the most decorated veteran in sports have him get rolled up after doing like one of his signature moves into a three count right without releasing the all he had to do was let go the let go of the arm bar or the kimura whatever you want to call it and he would have been out of the pin but he didn't and he's the most decorated combat sports veteran and he didn't just let go in in a so he didn't lose the match and there were so many near falls too cody Rhodes hit what two crossroads and he hit out at two he kicked out at two so it was like you put all that effort into making sure, again, you're building up Brock and mm-hmm. making sure he's a beast, but making sure Cody looked good. And then you end it with uh, the most electrifying move in sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. Uh, maybe and that, then he walks away. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's the only way Brock would put him over. I mean, who knows? I, eh, that's what you would have agreed of? We're about I, like 25 crossroads. Be like, you know, after the 25th crossroads, I'm out. You know, something like that. I would have been okay uh, with a German, uh, a German suplex. The top rope uh, curb stomp. That was awesome. But the surprise roll up. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was, it just. They could have done better. They could have done better. It was still a good match. It was still a good, great premium live event. I mean, from beginning to end, I, it was more than what we had expected. As far as for me, again, I really wasn't interested at first. The storylines were kind of lackluster. I mean, of course, it's the paper, or I'm sorry, premium live event after WrestleMania. So it is a hard one to follow. And obviously, they had a lot to wrap up storyline wise. And they were really, really centered around the draft. And I think that, for me, took away from the hype of Backlash. 100%. But they delivered through and through. The crowd was 10 out of 10. The performances were great. I was literally entertained for the entire three hours it was on. Uh, Solid 7 out of 10 for me. Really happy with it. I never rate anything, but I just, I really, I really liked it um, for being something I didn't think I would like. I really loved, uh, and Carlito was there, so... As we were trying to do this podcast again, WWE decided to throw a curveball at us and say, hey, guess what? We're going to announce the people for the uh, heavyweight 
championship tournament that is going to be starting on Monday. But before we actually tell you guys who is going to be in that, uh, we didn't know this was going to happen. So Mark and I had a little fun and did some predictions and tried to pan out who we thought might be in this. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think either of us were close, but who we thought would be interesting from the people's perspective. You know, Triple H and Vince McMahon didn't pick these. These are our picks. Yeah, we looked at the the SmackDown and Raw rosters. Uh, We excluded free agents. We didn't include anybody that already has a title. Or did we? Did you? I, I, I okay. didn't because I, I was we, really we're confused. breaking all the rules and we're, we're not playing. I was <laughs> thinking that, you know, if you had a title, you weren't going to get another opportunity. Unfortunately, WWE nicks that, that and makes yeah. it wrong for me. But as we did it, we didn't do any of the free agents because we weren't sure and we didn't do anything as far as uh, uh, there, there champions. Was a, well, there was a handful of people that were champions. Like uh, Roman Reigns, I doubt he was, he's going to be a part of it. Right. The tag team uh, champions, I doubt. And obviously all the women wouldn't be a part of this one. Right. So we did it basically on just the current rosters that they've come out with with a draft. Yeah, kind of a who uh, do you think will free win. agents. Um, but we did both Raw and SmackDown, and we even split them up into their trios as to what we would think would be interesting uh, just, matches. Just, I guess, maybe dream matches with the current roster. What would be fun with these trios matches? I mean, that's so. all these podcasts really are. Is we're just we're just fantasy booking, yeah. you know, wrestling. So, so what do you I, think? I'm going to start it off uh, with Raw. I came up with Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and Shinsuke Nakamura in a, a three way. Ooh, I like that. As well as Finn Balor, Otis. In Xavier Woods. That would be really crazy and fun. I also, okay. And in between that, I okay. figured Xavier Woods was going to get the win. Seth Rollins was going to get the win. Okay. And then they were going to wrestle and Seth Rollins was going to get the overall win. Okay. All right. For SmackDown, I had Solo Sokoa. Okay. Sheamus. And actually, I put in parentheses, or Butch. I couldn't decide. And okay. I felt like they were kind of... Either or. You could swap them out. Uh, and then Karrion Cross. Okay. Because I feel like he's a... We've talked about... You and I talked about it, He's a great uh, talent. Just... I, don't, I think he's underutilized. Uh, the other one would be Grayson Waller, Santos Escobar, and L.A. Knight. Okay. All and right. And that would end up being... In, in my opinion, I was thinking wow. L.A. Knight and Solo were going to win. Okay. Solo eliminating uh, L.A. Knight. And then that would set up Seth Rollins for and Solo at Night of Champions. And do you have a prediction as to who would win that? Seth Rollins. Okay. I think that something would happen with the Usos and Seth Rollins would end up getting the win because the Usos come out to help him and ended up screwing him in the Wow, run. you really, really went into this. Wow. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm really impressed. I think a lot of stuff when you're not looking. You're I not thought a lot me. into this too, and you might be surprised because I went way wackier than you. All right, so what do you got? <clears throat> okay, for Raw. And we are going to compare this to the actual, what the setup yes. is. They didn't say the matches, who's facing who, just who is going to be wrestling. Right, right, for Raw and SmackDown. Okay, for Raw, I had Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Xavier Woods. Okay, okay. So three, we were like on the same Three path. of the same ones I picked, yep. And then the other one, this one, this one I really thought about, but I think this could be fun. Damian Priest. After that, okay. after that street fight, I just have to have to be on board with Damian Priest. Gotcha. Now. Cody Rhodes. Okay, I don't. I can't believe I didn't put Cody Rhodes in here. Yeah, and Bronson Reed. Hmm. hmm. I thought that would be fun. I, I I was looking at Bronson Reed and I was like, maybe it's too soon. Maybe it's too soon after he just yeah. got a title shot. I thought so with I Damian sure. and Cody, that could be a fun match. So. I don't know why I never even thought. I I don't know why I didn't think Cody. No, that's okay because wow. I, I think I it's gonna. On that one. That's all right because I think it's gonna come down to Seth and Cody as far as Raw, and I don't know. Then I would how I would swap Otis for Cody and have Cody wins over Xavier Rhodes and have Seth and Cody wrestle later that night. If that if I yeah, to swap and who do you think's gonna win against Seth and Cody? Because that's where I'm at. Seth. 
I really do too. I think so because if you got to remember, he's three down compared to Cody. He's lost three matches to Cody, and he, and he lost that Hell in a Cell where Cody's got he's yeah. due for that win. Okay, and it would be that push. I know, then, but poor Cody. <laughs> fuck Cody. I mean okay. that in all heart. So for SmackDown, I think you're gonna like this. Okay. I pick Solo Sokoa. Okay. Montez Ford. Ooh, I thought about him. And L.A. Knight. Okay. That okay. would be a banging ass match. Who's gonna win that one? L.A. Knight. Really? Okay. This is wishful okay. thinking, okay? I know, I know. And I, and I picked Montez, even though he's in a tag team. I know. I just, I went for it. And I went for it on this one. This one's a little bit crazy here, but hear me out. Okay. Sheamus. Yep. Karrion Cross. Okay. And Santos Escobar. No shit. So it was everybody except for Grayson Waller. Yeah, I feel like we were pretty close, but I, I thought that would be really fun too. So I was hoping uh, Santos Escobar. Okay. So okay. LA, I would love Santos, to see Santos really build up that LWO. I could also see, I could also see Sheamus and LA Knight going one-on-one later. I could too. I could too. So I was really hoping it would come down to Seth and L.A. Okay. Because that okay. would just be Okay, and then be who would win between sick. Seth and L.A.? Okay. Who does my gut tell me WWE is going to pick? Seth. Who do I want to win it? L.A. I but know. I don't think I he's got the steam behind I don't think him. he's ready for it yet. Not, not for that big of a Not belt. that he's not ready for it. I'm yeah. sure he's foaming at the mouth to get oh, some yeah. gold around his waist. I just don't think don't there's think... enough like steam behind right. it. And the idea between Raw being run by Monday Night Rollins, makes sense, mm-hmm. and then uh, Roman Reigns on SmackDown being the champion over Ooh, there. Ooh, some Shield backstory. I and love it. And then there's it. your pay-per-view that I you said. I love it. There's your pay-per-view with your champions. I love it. I like it. Yeah, the uh, the bragging rights, I think. That, the bragging I, rights. You got man. you got the champion Roman. You got the champion Seth. Yeah, it'd be it. You'd be have to great. put it in a cage so there's like no interference or something like there's that. Be interference. It's a cage. Let's do it the at the Hardy compound. Yeah. <laughs> so... In that regard, comparing, so we had what I what we had. What yeah. they, they just recently, in the middle of us recording yeah. this podcast, they ended up dropping it. So they bummed me out because there's some obvious people that I really thought were going right. to be on this list that just clear cut won't. And there's definitely a few oh, that yeah. I'm just like really heavy eye roll. But go ahead, please. Um, and we are already running really, really <laughs> long, so I'm going to make this as quick as we possibly can. Um, but for the uh, the official WWE Heavyweight Championship tournament we have on raw seth rollins austin theory who's already the united states yeah, champion that one was confusing aj styles i so thought he, he was injured uh, he was i i, <laughs> I guess he's cleared now i which guess is i didn't even hear. pick him because i thought he was injured bobby lashley finn balor and ray mysterio yeah i whoo let me get through the smackdown we'll go back well uh, ray's on smackdown well, then I'm, I've got it all screwed up. That's all right, okay. then we've got Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, Edge, Sheamus, Damian Priest, Shinsuke, The Miz, yeah. what? and Cody Rhodes. The Miz was like, are you serious? And then Edge, I was like, I didn't even consider Edge. I considered Edge, but I figured but after... But then Edge and Finn? I don't know. Mm, no. I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I see... Should have picked Xavier list, Woods. I, I've got the list written in front of me, and I 100% understand it. These are your top 12 guys at least the majority of the of the mm-hmm. guys that you have in that your sell product merch or... that sell merch that's <laughs> that push numbers that people want to see that fans want to pay tickets for so right. i get it and it's just insane to look at this list and some of these names on here could become a new champion right. you know what i mean Their right. first i guess is this a world champion it's a heavyweight champion and it's on the same level as the world champion i mean i don't, I don't think say, it's the world heavyweight championship is it i, I don't believe it is it just I think Seth Rollins is my knee-jerk reaction to go with, 
But to be 100% honest with you, if I had to pick one person out of this, it 100% would be Shinsuke. I would love to Who see you would love to see actually win like thing. win this whole thing. Is Shinsuke Nakamura. I think Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. is such an underutilized talent. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love him. I think he's great. His performance when he comes out. I think even when he had Rick Boogs with him, I think oh, was I loved amazing. It. What was it? WrestleMania when he came out that one time and he actually had like the live performance on the violin and yep. everything. Like, yep. So good. Still like one of the best entrances ever. But I have to agree with you there. Even Rocky Romero said recently that he'd love to see uh, Shinsuke Nakamura go to oh, NJPW yeah. and like be appreciated for who he really is. So right. I think it would be great. I really don't think they're going to do it though. No, I don't Personally. believe they are either. And then, oh, not a lot of these guys are doing a whole lot, you know? Rey Mysterio, that would make sense. But then, you know, what do you do? Like, hypothetically, hear me out, and I know we're trying to end this, but Rey Mysterio wins. He's on SmackDown. Does he go to be the Raw, the heavyweight champion at Raw? Does he take know. LWO That's, with him? But Triple H did say that this title is going to be defended anytime, anywhere, uh-huh. any event. Like it, maybe it's one of those ones where it's a floater. Maybe he's like the but, international champion is in yeah. AEW. He Am I really to, supposed to believe that Rey Mysterio or Edge are going to defend that title at every pay per view? No. Like I don't think they have no. it in them still. I could see AJ Styles doing that. Yeah, the Miz. Like I feel like he's going to get eliminated right away. So yeah, I, I, think, I think he's cannon fodder. I think he's just there to make the uh, make the matches. You know, fill out a little bit. He's a big name. He's been on WWE programming for what yep. 15, 20 years. He's a now. movie star. You know, yeah, he's a, a TV bit, star. He sells merch. Uh, so it's going to be got an, tiny balls. He's got tiny balls. So it's going to be a real interesting tournament. That's going to start Monday. We will see a three on three. Uh, between the Raw stars and then those two will, the winner of those two triple threats will end up facing later on, I'm sure, like the main event. Uh, whoever wins that will then go to Night of Champions, which is directly after Double or Nothing, and then SmackDown will follow suit. That is the day before Double day or Nothing, before actually. before Double or Nothing, and then SmackDown will follow suit this Friday as they have the same thing. Two triple threat matches, the winners will then face each other later on in that night. Potentially to be a pretty good week of wrestling just with Raw and SmackDown because yeah. those could be some very... Very entertaining triple threat matches. And you're not even even talking about the fact that John Moxley and Kenny Omega are going to be taking on each other in a steel cage match on a just a Wednesday night. Yep, the paper just a Wednesday matches night from AEW. <laughs> AEW is killing it with their movement and and they're getting bigger and becoming a bigger entity in the oh, wrestling and world. Congrats to Tony Khan and all of AEW for I don't even know at this point at least sixty thousand tickets we've, we've sold for all in through twitter that it's sixty thousand. so he said it so he said it, yeah you gotta believe tony khan but congratulations to everybody for doing that and what a time to be a wrestling fan and i think that's pretty much gonna do it for the week since we're about an hour and 20 minutes in we're yeah about 20 minutes over what i normally expect us to do <laughs> and we actually sat down thinking we weren't gonna have a lot to talk yeah about. so if you're still here uh thank you so much for listening and if you haven't already make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at caw wrestling pod that's facebook we are on instagram, instagram YouTube, YouTube, um, all of our podcasts get transcribed into videos. So if for some reason you want to watch it, uh, you can do that. Uh, Make sure you follow each of us on our own Twitter. I am at Gunk Dudley. And I'm at a bacon party. We also post every Monday. So make sure every Monday morning you get a fresh cup of coffee and wrestling and check out the new episode. And make sure you live tweet with us. We're always on social medias on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and anytime there's a pay-per-view or premium live event, we try to be there. So make sure you interact with us. We really enjoy the interaction from everybody. And in addition to that, if you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever platform you're listening to, give us a five-star rating. It means the world to us. And It really helps us we out do it without getting, you. getting the word of our podcast out. And we want to reach out to as many of you as we can and bring everybody into a giant coffee caffeinated community. And we really appreciate you listening to this episode of Coffee and Wrestling, and we will catch you in the next one.
So round three of the draft saw Raw take the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Why can't I do this? He's lost three matches to Cody in even. All right, we're going to go. <laughs> All of this is just going to be on the end. I swear to God. <laughs>